afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. we got tons to talk about. I tell you, the USDA and Washington, D.C. have definitely not been short on news the past 24 hours. We're going to get more details about what's happening with the Phase 1 trade deal. We knew that USMCA got passed in the Senate. Now we just wait for the signature of the president. So lots of different things to look at, the good, the bad, and I think the ugly a little bit with all of this is Jeff Peterson joins us with Heartland Farm Partners. Let's start out that way, because I think in the last 24 hours, many folks expected the markets to just explode to the positive, as we saw that didn't happen. That's exactly right, uh, Susan. I think that the thought would be, once we get this trade deal out, then we'd have buying that would come out from China's side, and that would go ahead and, and take this market a lot higher. But I think that was a hope. But I think if you'd talked to a lot of the people deep down, they, they probably knew it, it was going to take some time. And we know more than we knew before, and we'll get more into those details, but the market is actually kind of performing the way we are concerned it might. There's, they just haven't seen the results. They're a little bit questioning of what's going on with this trade deal, and, and as a result, we've had some sell-off, really, ever since the announcement that the trade deal's been signed out. It hasn't happened. You know, and something that came across the radar, and I've had a couple producers that have texted me, was the president's comments yesterday saying, but we're not lifting our tariffs. So that kind of gave us a little bit of an insight, and that makes Ag a little nervous as well. Yeah, it sure does. There's a number of things that make Ag a little nervous. The comments out of Lou He that talked about the fact that, you know, these will be market-driven considerations, and that's actually wrote right within the agreement also, and they will be done in such a way that they don't distort trade with a lot of our other trade partners. So we go, wait a minute, we've got some targets, and we'll talk about those numbers but how do we make these purchases and not distort who we're buying from? There's there's probably more unknowns than there is known still. Well, before we jump into the the details of the trade deal, let's talk about USMCA as well because, you know, we thought, oh, here we go. And again, wasn't a pretty day on the screen. No, it really wasn't. And, and I'm all for getting the USMCA signed, but as it relates to the corn and soybean markets, honestly, the USMCA we were chugging along, making sales to Mexico, and trade is going along, and I just don't think it's going to have a much of an impact at all on the on the grain markets. It could be some positive things in other areas, but on the grains, it's, it's almost a non-event. So as you look at the details, then, of this phase one, what do you see as some encouraging information out of the deal? Well, there, there's definitely some encouraging things. I mean, we know that the baseline of, of $24 billion go back to 2017. That's a positive. Okay, we're starting there. The other things that we learned is... It's not quite broke out evenly. We know for year number one, which would be 2020, um, 12.5 billion above the 24 is is what's talked about, right? And but there's one important thing that I think came out in the details before it talked about purchases, but it also now talks about import. So not only buying it, but getting imported. So that's a really good thing. What we don't know yet, though, is that is that based off of FOB values or is that based off of delivered values? So do we figure the freight and those type of things in? So, I mean, I think that's a positive side of some of the things that we've seen. When you saw the initial reaction, did the markets react yesterday and today like you expected, knowing that we knew this was going to happen? It wasn't a surprise. Unfortunately, I'd say it, it, it acted just like we kind of thought it was going to. We've been kind of negative on this all along, only because we were concerned that once we get this piece out of the way, if you think about what information we've had come out, Susan, we've had the, the basically WASDE report, quarterly stocks, so that's behind us, right? Now we get the phase one trade deal behind us, and now the market's going, okay, what's next? It's a futures market, so now it has to look out there and try to find something else to go ahead and give us a boost. Because the thing we have to remember, the environment that we're operating in is one in which the funds are still short corn. 
you know, they're probably approaching 100000 maybe a little bit more than that short on the contract side. And now with the trade action we've seen the last couple of days, they're also short on the soybean side too. So what the, the big money's betting is they're betting this thing's going down yet. Not what our guys want to hear. Not at, at all. And but, it's not and it's not what I want to talk about and say, but we also want to just kind of lay out the things we're seeing. And we shouldn't come, and I know we talked about it briefly, but we shouldn't be surprised that that buying didn't happen right away yesterday. It didn't happen today. It might not happen for a week or two. Sure, it, it might not. You're, exa- you're exactly right. And the, the other positive, and I failed to mention this, Susan, is that they did include ethanol under the ag side. So that's a good thing. And so it's possible that they do come in and buy the ethanol, and we know the distillers are there. So those are positive things there also, I should have mentioned earlier. Is there anything in this phase one trade deal that kind of has you worried, nervous? Yeah, there is a little bit. The comments that came out of Lou He on the fact that these, these, are, these purchases are going to be based off of conditions, based off of market conditions and not distorting, that's concerning. But deep in the details, the one thing we're trying to figure out here is the fact that if we we dig into this Annex 6.1 under agriculture, there's a little fine print. It says, at the request of the United States, China will strive to purchase and import $5 billion a year of U.S. ag products covered by this chapter. And we're going, well, wait a minute. We thought it was 12.5 above the baseline, but they're saying they'll strive to pick up five. And the word strive is their way of saying, you know, we've still got room to go. So, yeah, that's going to be the interesting part is that we we got to come back and we have to think about that closely because what we're trying to figure out is that is that 5 billion on top of the 24? Is that 5 billion including the 24? Did this just give them an out? And the other side of this that we're concerned about is because when we dig into this deeper, well, the thing we don't see is the enforcement mechanism. When we, when we look at this, basically what it says, there'll be Chinese data and there'll be the U.S. data, trade data, that will be used between the two. And unfortunately, what it says is that if either party believes that that's not being carried out to the tune of what the agreement says, then they will have a consultation. Well, it doesn't say anything about particular tariff numbers going in place or things going in. They'll just talk. And that just brings us all to a whole other big circle and, and wondering when phase two is going to start and can they hold off on phase two if there's a disagreement. That's exactly right, Susan. It's going to be some interesting times. It definitely is. Well, stick around, folks. We do have a lot more coming up. We'll talk a little bit about what we're going to see with the export demand. Of course, you heard Jeff talk about the ethanol and that being listed in part of this phase one as well. More is coming up. It's the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. As Jeff Peterson continues to join us from Heartland Farm Partners, I wish folks could hear our conversation during the commercial break because you brought up a good point. Now what? What do we do now? Because we've taken care of that report. The next big report really is until March. What do we do? What does the market do to bide its time to get some excitement back in the trade? Well, and that's part of it. So the excitement part, the next things that come up, well, we've got our weekly reports that come out, whether it be ethanol, whether it be export trade. We know at the end of the month we've got the outlook meeting, so we'll have a chance to get a feel of the acres and yields. But what I really think the market starts looking at, Susan, more heavily, especially since South American weather looks like it's actually pretty supportive for their crop, I, I think it starts putting a lot more focus on the acre discussion. But I read earlier today that they have some drought concerns that they're starting to worry about. 
Well, it, it could be that there's some of that popping up, and, and it won't be a perfect crop and a perfect finish, but our concern is I think it's a good enough finish to go ahead and still keep, come in with higher yields as we go forward from here. And I don't think it's enough to get the trade too concerned yet. But but I hope something like that comes up. So this is a question I've asked everybody the last couple of days is knowing that South America, and we're kind of diverting a little bit here before we jump into export demand, but in years, the last year, when this whole 19-month thing has been going on with China, South America kind of pulled back and didn't talk a lot about production, didn't talk a lot about crop progress. Now we got the harvest underway. Do you think that feels going to still be there because they've been able to kind of inch in a little bit more into this Chinese market? Yeah, I, I think they, uh, they're going to c- communicate out there that the size of the crop is there. I think they'll be more open to that. Uh, we know we're going to, you know, we're really competitive right now on the export side, and we know we are going to be for a while, but yet on, and that'd be on the soybean side, excuse me, on the corn side, soybeans are going to go ahead and have a big supply of soybeans. Right. But probably one of the things that's happening a little bit is that, you know, they're they're probably, I don't know, 3 4% harvested on the bean side. And, and that's behind normal. So what that's going to do is that's going to push back their corn planting, which will then make it so that maybe we have a little bit wider window to sell some corn here. So, But, but we're going to have to watch. China, I think China is going to continue to try to work with Brazil more and more closely as we go forward because China doesn't like to be pushed. We pushed them. Brazil doesn't push them. All right. Good explanation. How is exports looking for corn right now? Well, I, I wish I could sit here and say they looked really rosy, but but they don't, actually, Susan. Um, we saw that the exports in the last report, they reduced them another $75 million, which would put us down about 14% from a year ago. And and mainly that's been because of the big crops that, that actually Brazil and Argentina had and also the Ukraine. But when we take a look at the the amount that's sold and the amount that is shipped already, we bring those two together. Um, we're down about 40% compared to a year ago. So we've got some ground to make up. Now, we're not giving up on it yet, by no means, but but I would say if things don't change, what's going to happen is we get into the next report, we're going to see them bring those export numbers back down a little more again. Could there be some excitement, though, for ethanol demand because China included that in the phase one, which... We didn't know if it was going to be in there or not. Well, that's the hope. There's two different ways to look at what they said, China said, in regard to their announcement on not going ahead with their 10% blend. It could be that they may go ahead and import, uh, basically, the ethanol instead of trying to produce it themselves. That's what we can hope for, since ethanol is included in the agricultural category. That would be a real positive, because honestly, that industry needs some help right now. Um, we had a, a good week of export number, or not export, but ethanol numbers that came out. You know, they, they had good production. But the problem is, um, on the spot margins, we're probably as low as those margins have been, honestly, in probably the last year. So margins are extremely tight in the ethanol industry right now. And right now, we're on pace to go ahead and hit the targets. We're only down about 1.5% year-to-date on the corn use for ethanol. So that's a good thing. So it looks like their forecast number is pretty solid. So what is it going to take in this first quarter and beyond? I mean, obviously looking forward for some good positive, but what's it going to take to get this market to go back higher? Well, and that's a great question because the first thing you'd like to look to and say, well, if we have some demand show up, that can really turn things around and drive us. And if we do have some demand show up, that can definitely help. But I think we have to have something come in on the supply side. And we have to, and basically what that means, think about the time of year we're in right now. We're going to start getting some weather forecasts that are going to get us out closer to our planning window, I think we've got to have that discussion about how many acres of prevent plant we're going to have. Because 
As we've started studying the numbers and digging into it, what it really looks like is that soybeans need to add about 6 million acres to be able to keep their ending stocks the same. Corn, on the other hand, only probably could give up a couple million acres. Okay, So we really only need about 4 million acres. The problem is, Susan, there's about 13 million acres of prevent plant that could come in. So what we have to have is we have to hear the talk of wet conditions coming in and prevent plant acres actually increasing. Oh, we got something to focus on, right? We definitely do. What's the best way for folks to get a hold of you, Jeff? Give me a call at 402-366-4694. Check us out on the web at heartlandfarmpartners.com or follow me on Twitter at jeffpeterson01. Thanks so much, Jeff Peterson, joining us today. Just a reminder, commodity futures and options do involve substantial risk of loss and are not suitable for all investors. That's a look at the Fontenelle Final Bell, brought to you by Fontenelle and all the local dealers. Check it out as a podcast at ruralradio.com, or better yet, wherever you subscribe. It's the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. You're listening to the Rural Radio Network.